0: welcome to the beers and bible podcast a podcast that explores god's word while enjoying the fruits of god's creation you can find us on instagram at beers and bible underscore on facebook by searching beers and bible podcast and on twitter at beers and bible p1 you can also email us at beersandbiblepodcast and bible podcast at gmail.com if you enjoy what you hear on beers and bible please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 77 of the Beers and Bible podcast. We are not drinking Corona tonight, and I am Anthony. I'm Michael, and yeah, the
1: corona thing's not happening again.
0: (laughs) That was, I'm I'm not going to lie, man, like, giving that thing three losers, I'm looking back at last week, I'm like, wow, why did I give that three losers? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, I haven't even listened to the episode yet. Like, by the time this comes out, obviously, we will have, but,
0: um, you know,
1: it's, I'm just kind of curious as to how that all went down.
0: Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it's gonna be a nightmare. I actually haven't mixed it down. Yet, <laughs> it's it's gonna be a nightmare to mix down. But uh, hey,
1: I anyway. had the I had the one, and I'm good. My wife had one. She really liked. It. She she made one after we were done. She did something different. She poured it in a glass.
0: You know, it probably would have been a little bit better, but that's not the official TikTok way to make it. So we we tried to stick to the TikTok way to make it, and of course, we got it everywhere. <laughs> at least I did. <laughs>
1: yeah i I did
0: too it was uh my wife had to bring me a towel like mid episode last week to to clean up all the beer i had spilled everywhere but yep um it was corona so i wasn't really that upset about it and i can say that between last week and this week i have drank the other five coronas and i still don't like corona so um don't at me um i just don't like it it's it's at one point, which maybe it was the version I got, but uh I was texting Michael and he was like, Oh, you got this version? It was like the premiere whatever. He's like, Yeah, that's the the light calorie version. I was like, So I got like the Mexican version of Mick Ultra. <laughs> and yeah, pretty much. That was that was it. So Well, we're back for another week. We're back with some different beers. Uh Michael, Yo. what do you have for tonight?
1: Uh so tonight I've got I could have sworn that we've done this brewery before, but I looking back at our list it appears that we did not. Um, from the Dry County Brewing Company, they're based in Kennesaw, Georgia. I have the Sugar Cookie Gimme Some Sugar Milkshake IPA. Um, this thing is, I'm, I'm very excited. Again, another (laughs) desserty beer, but I don't really care. Look at the
0: can, dude. Dude, the can, like, he, so he sent me a picture of the can, and I'm like, holy smokes, based purely off the can, that thing looks like straight fire, and... Mm-hmm. I kind of want to drive to Kennesaw to go get some tonight, but um, I have to be at work tomorrow, so I'm probably not going to do that. Dude, I don't know. I mean, can I cuss on the? Can I cuss right now? I mean, I, I said bullcrap one time,
1: but sure, why not? The the can says, "Raising glasses and saving asses." <laughs> That's great. Purchases of this beer help fund Bottle Share, a nonprofit organization that grants funding to members of the craft beverage industry and their families when faced with life altering hardships. So there you go. Uh, Dry County is doing some good stuff over there. They're helping that's people awesome. in the industry. Um, it, this particular beer is a creamy vanilla. It has a creamy vanilla hop finish with a sweet, fluffy mouthfeel. Um, seven and a half ABV, um, and that's pretty much all I've got going on on this one. Um, I'm hoping it tastes like a sugar cookie because sugar cookies are one of my favorite cookies.
0: And sugar cookie beer would be. An amazing thing mm-hmm. to
1: find, yeah and i'm hoping this falls into the same vein as the peanut butter jelly beers that we've had yes or um any of those you know any of those other very specific flavored beers that we've yes. had so far so
0: anthony what do you have tonight so tonight um i have found the folklore brewing and meadery um i think meat is like a type a different type of beer i'm not sure uh, this is the first time we've had a meadery on on the podcast. But Spell meadery. It, M-E-A-D-E-R-Y.
1: Oh, it's mead. Okay, I thought you meant like yeah. meat. Like, no.
0: <laughs> like it's a
1: steakhouse <laughs> and a brewery.
0: That'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would probably be driving there tonight if that were the case. Exactly. Um, but no, mead is, I think it's just a different type of beer. Like you have lagers and ales and then meads. Um, but I have the Shadowcaster Porter, which is a rich chocolate coffee uh, porter. And it says, their description is a robust porter brewed with English dark malts for a smooth, rich chocolate and coffee flavor. The Huey helicopter is a legendary American icon and serves as a reminder to the role of Fort Rucker as home to the best rotary wing pilots in the world. This brew is a tip of the hat to the men and women of the armed forces that continue to cast shadows worldwide. So... Uh, on the, on the can, you can see it on the can. Uh, it actually has a Huey helicopter and that's what it's named after. And they, I guess that's why they call it the shadow caster. Um, because it would be the cat, the shadow of the Huey helicopter there. Okay. Um, but, uh, but I'm, I'm typically not a huge Porter guy. Um, and so I've been on a kick of ales and loggers lately. So I tried to just find something different from what I would normally buy. And this stuck out to me, so we're gonna see if this thing is any good. It comes in at 7.5 ABV, comes in at 30 IBUs, and I'm kind of excited about it. it looks really good, so yeah. yeah, I'm I'm
1: excited about mine, and um, I think the best thing we can do now is crack them open and see what happens.
0: Let's do it. Here we go. In three, two, one. I kind of love the first smell of a beer that I've never had before.
1: So I don't know if I'm discouraged or not by this, but this smells exactly like, like
0: we've always talked about
1: every other IPA that you've ever had.
0: Yeah. Does it smell like a fruit, like a fruity IPA?
1: A little bit, which is a little discouraging.
0: It is, especially if it's supposed to taste like a sugar cookie. Mine, however, smells like a chocolate milkshake with coffee poured into it. So I'm actually kind of excited about mine. It's a vanilla. Mine is a vanilla hop finish. Okay.
1: Um, I've, I pulled up Untapped and only 276 posts on Untapped for for mine, which is low. I think. I think that's a, that either says something about this particular beer, yeah, or that people just don't aren't looking for something like this.
0: Who knows? Let's see if I can find mine on Untapped here. I'm gonna log in and let's look for Shadowcaster. Oh, there it is. Okay. Shadowcaster Porter. Go search. So mine has on Untapped it has a three point eight. Yep. Okay. And it's got uh it's got twenty seven hundred total reviews. So there's been a lot of people drink this one. Well there you go. Well Well, let's uh, let's add to those numbers and see what we can get. Planning on adding them. So here we go. Bottoms up. Well, that's kind of interesting. Huh. I don't know if I should go first or you should go first. We both kind of look perplexed.
1: <laughs> um, I'll go.
0: All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you said you would go and then you're like pondering deeply in thought here. So
1: to me, it's not very sugar cookie, which okay. maybe maybe I have a maybe I'm eating weird sugar cookies. I don't know.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> It tastes it tastes like a very tame IPA. Okay. Um it's it is creamy. It's not it's not like overly tart like a like a fruit IPA is. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess that's because there's not any fruit in this. Um so it's it's almost creamy. It's got a little bit of sweet. Um because of my where my expectation was I'm having a hard time getting it past a certain point. Um but I do think it's better than – it's better than the last two weeks I've had. Um, <laughs> I think – I mean, man, I was hoping this would be better than this. It's still pretty – like it's still good. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to give it my max IPA score, which is four Luthers. Okay. Um, and the reason I'm going to do that is because um, – I mean, it, I do, th- I do find it enjoyable. I, I think i have just a little let down because my expectation was like I was biting into a sugar cookie,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but maybe that was a misplaced expectation from me. But I mean, it's just as good as the crushable from a few weeks ago, um, or any you know any of those other IPAs that I've maxed out at four. Um, looking mm-hmm. back, the Brew Free or Die Blood Orange, I maxed at four. That was an IPA. Um. Yeah, I think I think I'm going to land at four on this one.
0: Okay, four Luthers. That's not that's not a bad score, especially for an IPA. Yeah. Um, like we've said before, it really. I mean,
1: fours for IPAs, you might as well have fives.
0: Yeah. So we're admittedly not fans of IPAs. I will say, like, I'm watching you drink this, and I I know it's a milkshake IPA, so I was assuming it was going to be a little bit hazier than it actually. Oh looks. yeah, it's
1: it's not very hazy at all. Now the the f- the head the foam. Mm-hmm. Was where the bulk of the vanilla flavor was. Okay. So now that most of that's gone, it just kind of tastes like a just a. It's almost like a like a watered down. Uh, cream soda float. Okay. Like it like without it's not a, it's not that rich, but it's mm-hmm. it's like it's been sitting out for a little while, but it's still like uh, edible. I got you. So. Yeah. Not bad. Four Luthers is still pretty good. Four,
0: yeah, Four Luthers is, is good, and uh, and that's that's nothing to uh, nothing to shake stick at there. But so the Shadowcaster is uh, is interesting. Um, I I am not a huge fan of porters, but I do enjoy porters every now and then, especially when I'm like like as a dessert beer. So I think of a porter as a dessert beer. Um, this one is for a porter. It is really really rich. Um, okay. And and I, I I like that about it because I want a porter to be really really rich. Um, I mean, I think about like a chocolate dessert or something. Like I love like chocolate fudge covered in chocolate, dipped in chocolate. You know, with with a side of chocolate. Um, and so, <laughs> that's, you're, you're giving me the look <laughs> like what in the world? <laughs> the, there's a dessert called Death by Chocolate, and I love it. It's it's one of my favorites, but. Um, this one, like the flavor of it is just really, really rich. Um, and possibly a little too rich for, for my taste, which, which sounds weird as, as I just described Death by Chocolate, but, um, it's got, it's got really good flavor, but it's just a little bit rich for me. Um, I'm gonna get one more sip just to kind of remind myself here. It's got really good texture though, which I think is, is a surprising because, I always kind of tend toward the one of the reasons I don't like porters is because they fish just they feel really heavy to me. Yeah, and they, have, they have that like heavy It's almost
1: it's almost like a syrupy. Like yes. they kind of they kind of just stick on your tongue, and you're like, I can't get that. Exactly, it's like you exactly. can't get it off your off your tongue. Yeah,
0: and this one this one is like right in the in between of that. Like I always compare uh, Guinness to Motorola. Mm-hmm. because to me, like Guinness just, it just stays in your mouth. Like it it's, it doesn't go away. Um, this one has a really, really rich aftertaste, which I think is part of what's contributing to the richness of the flavor. Um, that kind of stays there, but it's not like overwhelmingly rich aftertaste. And so I'm going to come in and, and I'm going to give this one because it's got really good flavor. It's got really good texture. Um, the only thing I don't like is is kind of that lingering aftertaste, and I feel like the flavor is just a smidge too rich for me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to give it four and a half Luthers. Okay. I'm going to come in okay. at, at four and a half Luthers um, on this one, and and it's, it's really good uh, for a porter. Um, me not being a huge fan of porter's, to give it a four and a half, uh, I feel like is a, is a pretty good score. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is something that I probably would drink again if I ever saw it. You know, if I saw it, I may not go out and buy it necessarily. Um, but if I saw it, I would definitely drink it. And this would be a great beer to have after dinner when you're relaxing. Um, you know, with it being seven and a half A B V, it's gonna be a little bit stronger than your typical beer. And so it's a good after dinner beer. I think it would be really good to enjoy with, with an you know, like an evening smoke of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um call it a pipe or a cigar but um yeah it's overall this this thing's really good and and uh i was thumbing around on the 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 folklore website and some of their names of beers were pretty fun one of them they had was snipe hunting uh, (laughs) if you've ever grown up uh, you know what snipe hunting is and and uh so if especially if you've watched up you know what snipe hunting is (laughs) confession Um, never seen up You've never seen Up? Oh, my gosh. Man, it's Mm-mm. a great movie. It'll nope. it'll almost make you cry. Dude, really
1: I, cr- I cried until I was like 18 when Mufasa <laughs> dies in Lion King.
0: <laughs> I almost cried in the new Lion King when it came out, too. Yeah. So, but that's a rabbit trail. Um, so, Shadowcaster, you're getting four and a half from Folklore Brewing. Um, give me some sugar milkshake IPA from Dry County. You're getting four. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. not a bad showing tonight Uh, go and try these if you want to give them a shot and uh, I think now we're going to roll on into our discussion on first Peter we're gonna we're gonna come close to finishing chapter one tonight we'll eventually finish chapter one at some point Um, you know it's funny like earlier this week I was I was mixing down the episode that's gonna that's gonna drop tomorrow and it was the end of Habakkuk, and I was like, "Wow, it's it's been like four weeks since we finished yeah. Habakkuk." Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're gonna roll into our Bible discussion for tonight. We're gonna be reading from First Peter, one, chapter chapter one, verses seventeen through twenty one. So stick around, and we will be right back.
1: We are um, into our second beers. I think Anthony poured a second of the same beer. Yes, I did. I got something else just because I only brought one up with me. So, anyway, um, so tonight we're going to continue our study in, in the study and in discussion in First Peter. Um, I've enjoyed the study so far. I do think it's funny. Um, we spent the introductory episode of First Peter working on like 13 verses. Mm hmm. And we've now spent two episodes working on nine. Yes. So, I mean, I get it. Sometimes That's how it goes sometimes. But um, if you have your Bible, open to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to be reading 17, verses 17 through 21. And uh, I'm reading from the Holman Christian Standard. So, uh, 1 Peter 1, verse 17 says, And if you address as Father the one who judges impartially... Based on each one's work, you are to conduct yourselves in reverence during this time of temporary residence. For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from the fathers, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world. But was re- but was revealed at the end of the times for you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God
0: peter so peter here is is really concluding his argument um, it's it's kind of a so verses thirteen through twenty one are this this um call for christians call for believers in christ to confess jesus as lord you know to 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 live out jesus as lord the you know the confession that we believe um if you go to romans 10:9 you know if you if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved um and and you know last week we kind of focused on on the first part which which ended with, you know, you shall be holy because I am holy, which is mm-hmm. uh, a direct quote from the Old Testament from Leviticus. Yeah, um, and he continues to build on this tonight, and and I, I think it's it's good to just kind of continue walking through this. So, let's pick it up. Let's pick it up in verse seventeen, and and it says, uh, yours. Read read the first part of verse seventeen again. What did yours say?
1: And if you address as father, the one who judges impartially based on based on each one's work.
0: Yes. Okay. So, um, that's the HCSB. Mine's, uh, I'm reading from the ESV and mine says, if you call on him as father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds. Mm. So the, the, the meaning is there the same, but I, I love the kind of the way that you get kind of two different perspectives from that. Yeah. Um, the the ESV if you call on him as father, so you have this this fatherly fear of God. If you call on him as father, you know I, I think if if you've grown up in the South, really in the last kind of fifty years, you know what being afraid not, not a not a fear of your father like hurting you, but a respectful fear of your father is. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I mean it's this idea of not a scared fear, but a mm-hmm. a reverent fear. Um, yes. And, and this fear comes from a place of love. Like, like the way we fear our parents, the way, like, like you said, the way we fear, the way I feared my dad mm-hmm. as a child living in the South is, I mean, is a respect, but a, also because of a great love for him, because it's this idea, like, I don't want to disappoint. I don't want to let him down. Um, you know it's it's not so much about staying in line because i know like even if i get out of line my earthly father is going to love me yeah. um but god treats us the same way god god's love for us should lead us to a place of this reverent fear of god mm-hmm. um, And we've talked about that before where we're not it's not because we're not trying to earn god's love we're not trying to earn god's approval or anything like that. But we don't want to let him down. We don't want to we don't want to sin against him. We're I mean we inev- inevitably will and do daily. Yeah. But but we don't want to let our heavenly father down because we have this great love for him. Right. B- because we have this great un- because I feel like more Christians do not have this understanding of what they've been saved from. Yeah. And and it's a it's a very thankful reverent place of gratitude but that leads us to this also reverent fear of god this yeah. reverent fear of wanting to um to to obey what he says and be, be in being a place of obedience to god
0: yeah we i mean we really want to avoid his disapproval that's yes. that's what we're we're going for and i mean when you think about you know your your earthly father a lot of a lot of what you do a lot of what i do is for the approval of my father not not the disapproval of my father and and i don't want to let him down and i want to live up to the standard and so you know in reality our our fear of god is produced from his love for us mhm and so that that leads us into this this reverent fear that is born out of the discipline or kind of trying to avoid the disapproval of god yeah
1: but i also think it's important like i know how you said what does uh, verse 17 say in the esv at the very beginning
0: in the esv it says uh and if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds
1: So, so the part of verse 17 that I want to, I want to sit on for a second is this part that says, um, that God judges impartially. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's very much like, it should be like how our earthly father loves us. Um, he doesn't, you know, a father doesn't treat his children different because of who they are or shouldn't be treating them different because of who they are, um, God looks at his children and sees us all as equals. Yeah. This all as, um, equally valuable, equally worthy. Um, we're all equally in need of a savior. Um, and in this, in his judgment of us is really independent of any work that we do. Um, mm-hmm. any of the, any of the good deeds that we do. I mean, God's, I mean, yes, God wants us to be good people and do good things, but our value is not found in those things. Our value is found in our creator, in, in who God is and in who he is as our father. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just like, like God judges us not based on our own merits, Mm-hmm. And not based on what we bring to the table, but how he sees us
0: mm-hmm.
1: through, like we've talked about, um, like we talked about it at the end of Habakkuk, with if we've been covered in the blood of the Lamb, if we've been covered yeah. in the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Um, because he sees our blood, our, he sees our sin and shame as this bloody mess, but he can all, he also sees that white as snow if we've been covered by Jesus.
0: Right. If that Which sense. is, it does, it does. And that's what, that's really what kind yeah. of leads to the conclusion of verse 17. Um, when he says, you know, he judges impartially according to each one's deeds. And then he says, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. And, and so if you're, if you're a believer and you're covered in the blood of Jesus, and so God sees you as white as snow because of the blood of Jesus, then because of that, that's what produces that fatherly fear that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. That's what produces the fear that says, I I'm I don't want to disappoint my father because he loves me so and and he loves me in spite of my failures. Mm. Yeah. And he's gonna take me through this time of exile. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that and really, I mean, that type of that love, that discipline, that that relationship is what pushes us on into verse 18, which is it it verses eighteen and nineteen talk about the knowledge of our ransom. Yeah. And and Peter's Peter here is gonna focus on really what we've seen in 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 kind of the first first part of the chapter and and he's going to draw on two very profound emotions right here. Um yeah. the first one he's going to build on is love and then the second one he's going to build on is continuing in that that kind of that vein of fear. He's going to build on that fear. So yeah. love recognizes the price that was paid and then fear is a, is afraid of displeasing God. So yeah. so let's unpack those two emotions here for just a second. Okay. <laughs> take it away michael <laughs> unpack love and fear <laughs>
1: well i mean i'm i really feel like you you've covered love very like you i mean what more is there to say like the the peter drawing on this love idea is us recognizing how substantial the price was that paid mm-hmm. for our redemption um yeah you know I looked up a definition of ransom, and it's – one of the definitions I found was that it's payment for the release of a prisoner. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, when you think about the blood of Jesus was our ransom, like outside of the blood of Jesus, we are bound. We are in bondage. We are destined for an eternity of torment and suffering. Mm-hmm. But by God's grace, He made a way, and through the blood of Jesus we have a way. and it's only through His great love for us that we have that um, that we have that opportunity to come to know Jesus. Um, but then we, we, you look at the love and you rec- you recognize the price like Jesus' blood is very precious mm-hmm. um, but then we f- when we flip that, we start talking about the fear you know, we've talked about already not being afraid of despising or displeasing God. Um, when we sin, even as believers, we are actively or passively saying we believe that God's love is no more valuable than like a truck stop trinket. Yeah. Or or like an airport souvenir. Yeah. Like, and, 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 you know, the love of God and the blood of Jesus is to be more is to be sought after more than silver and gold Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and, and, you know, you know, silver and gold, that, that the idea of like a very precious metal that is very valuable. Jesus's blood is more, is infinitely more valuable than even the most precious. Like think about whatever it is for you, whether it's your children or um, like a family heir, like I hate to use like a person, like children as an example there, but like, we find we we value our children very much Mm -hmm. the amount of value that we should see the blood of jesus as is infinitely more than the most valuable things that we hold closest to us yeah um but like this this fear of displeasing god we do like like i said it, it's active or passive but we do treat god's love like a trinket we we treat god's love like it's something that we can just you know put up pick up and put down whenever yeah. we feel like it and yeah. and that's not that's not how it should be <laughs> um
0: <laughs> no and, it's not
1: and we're we're in this broken state and we will be in this broken state until we're glorified and and move on into eternity but yeah you know, we should always be striving to be better. We should always be striving to, to honor Jesus more and, and to show His love to people more and to, to, you know, honor Him when people aren't looking around. And it's, you know, no one is perfect. No one is 100%, like even Billy Graham, you know. Mm-hmm. Think about, you know, Billy Graham's now been glorified, but he was a sinner the same yeah. as... Anthony and Michael and your pastor and your, your kids. And like, there's no, no one on earth aside from Jesus has ever been, or will ever be perfect. So there's going, it's, you know, we're going to disappoint God. And it's not the idea of being okay with that. We should never be okay, okay with sin, but, you know, understanding that when we sin, we are saying god something else is more important to me than you are right now
0: right right and and realistically when we when we sin and we don't acknowledge that we are really in effect kind of throwing the sacrifice of christ kind of back in the face of god mm. and so uh, on the flip side of that what we need to do what we as christians need to do is we need to see that the active obedience of Christ is the hope of our redemption, like yeah, that that is where it's founded, yeah, and and you know we can see that in the Old Testament, we can see that in the New Testament, but really and truly, and we're going to get to this later on in in uh, in First Peter, really when it comes down to chapter three, but his death on the cross, his active obedience, and his sacrifice for us was to appease the wrath of God the Father, yeah, and. If you, I mean, if you think about, we're, we're just, I mean, in our timeline right now, this is going to come out a little bit later, but in our timeline right now, we're kind of a couple of weeks past Easter. And you think about what, what Easter represents and the Passover and Jesus being kind of representing the Passover lamb. A lot of that is, is, the symbolism there is wound up in Jesus and and his death on the cross and his act of obedience leading up to the cross. Right really and truly is, is the discipline, it's the wrath of God. And and if you, I'm I'm not going to dive into it a ton here, but if you really do kind of a deep dive into the Passover, you'll, you'll see that, that there's one cup that Jesus passes around. And if you've ever done kind of like a historic Passover dinner, there's one cup that Jesus doesn't partake of. Well, Jesus passes around this cup and, and it's supposed to be a cup that each person would drink of individually, but this is the institution of the Lord's Supper. And Jesus says, No, drink this cup, drink from my cup. This is my blood that was spilled for you. Yeah. And then what you what you see, the symbolism there is that Jesus avoids, he he passes over the cup of, of redemption or the cup of praise. I think is the fourth cup, it's the cup of redemption. Um, but instead he takes what what some theologians have called the fifth cup, which is the cup of God's wrath. Mm. And so so Jesus passes over his redemption to take God's wrath on our behalf. And, and like I said, I'm not going to dive into that right now, but just, just let that sink in. God, Jesus in the flesh, passed over redemption so that he could take the wrath of God on our behalf. And, and if that doesn't give you a different perspective on fatherly discipline and, and how that should motivate us to a holy lifestyle— I mean, I, I I don't know what will. Yeah. Because because if anything else, that right there alone should be motivation for us to say, I'm going to do everything in my power. I'm going to do everything that I can to to live according to what Scripture says, to do uh, what Scripture teaches me to do, so that I can avoid the fatherly discipline and I can live this holy lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. You know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and. and, and Go ahead. Go ahead. Right.
1: Well, I was just going to transition to the next thing if we were done there. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's cool. Go on. Um, so, yeah, in, in keeping that in mind, keeping a mm-hmm. keeping the the active obedience of Christ in mind, keeping the that He's the hope of our redemption. We transition into verses twenty and twenty-one here. Yeah. And Peter starts with He that being Jesus was destined before destined before the foundation of the world. Yeah. So you know it's just you know we I you can colloquially asked the question, like, did God know when he created Adam and Eve that humanity was going to betray him, that he was going to have to make a way for us to come to know him? And the answer is yes. Yeah. And, and God knew before he created earth, before when he, when he, before time began. Yeah. God knew that he was going to have to send his son to earth to live a perfect life to die a death he does he did not deserve to yeah. make a way for these people that God was creating God when God when God formed Adam out of the dust mm. he knew Adam was going to betray and and yeah. Adam was going to fall into sin and that there was going to be need to be a way for Adam's and for Adam's descendants to come to know to be in relationship with God yeah. and so the death of Jesus was never like a backup plan. It was never a oh the thousands of years of sacrifices didn't work. So now we've got God's gotta come up with something else. Like no, everything was leading to mm-hmm. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection.
0: Yeah. Because without that the Christian faith doesn't doesn't exist. And right. and if you if you want to challenge that, I would encourage you to go read First Corinthians fifteen. Just just the whole chapter, First Corinthians fifteen. Yeah. Maybe it's First Corinthians five. I may be out of out of whack on that one, but I'm pretty sure it's fifteen. <laughs> so, um,
1: I want to. I, I just want to look. I just want to read these notes that you have um, talking about the implications of the foreknowledge from First Peter. Um, there are three kind of key implications of this for, of this idea of foreknowledge, which you've talked about. Right. Like it's not a it's not God setting things into play, like making things happen, but God knowing everything that can and will happen. Um, And so, so these three implications, and I'm just going to read these straight from your notes here. Um, uh, So the first one is a sense that when God knows something beforehand, it is certain that that event will happen. Mm -hmm. And assuming the event to be therefore ordained by God seems to be the only alternative to the non-Christian idea of a certainty of events brought about by impersonal, mechanistic fate. Um, that's that whole idea that like, if something's going to happen, God will let it happen, or if something happens, God let it happen.
0: Yeah. That um, yeah, we've talked about in the past. Yeah. Um, there's it, a I I think there's a key distinction there to be made between fatalism and and uh, what theologians call determinism. And 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 I think it's important to to kind of elaborate on that just a little bit because you know a a lot of times what people who say you know who believe in predestination or that god's going to save all the people that that he wants to save they call that fatalism but but nowhere in scripture is it is it actually called fatalism and people who make that point don't call it fatalism so that's that's really a, a false argument to make against somebody because what we're saying is that if something does happen it's because God determined it to happen that way. right. And and th- I, I do agree that it sounds like fatalism, but you have to think it's only it's only a fatalistic thing from a human perspective, which is a a finite perspective, not an infinite perspective. right. And so I, I think you I think we're allowed to caveat that and say, when you're talking about God's perspective on something, because he willed it to happen, it will happen because he's God and he can do that. That yeah. doesn't make it fatalism, but what it does is it makes it, it makes it preordained before the foundations of the world. which if you go read chapter or go read verse 20, um, I, lo- I kind of like the way yours is worded, but I also like the ESV in this section too, because it gives really both perspectives. Um, mine says he was foreknown before the foundations of the world. But was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, and so it's like this. Mm-hmm. It's like this whole contrast between it. It's always been this way, but it had to happen this way so that we could bring you into salvation. You know, we we could offer yeah. a path for you to salvation, and so I, I think that's an important determination to make. But but on with the on with the next point there with uh with the next. Yeah, so the next... Speaking of foreknowledge.
1: Yeah, the next implication of foreknowledge is the uh, the fact that the use of the word when applied to God is found in context that suggests predestination, which I think you were just kind of talking... Yeah, that's, that's kind of what
0: I was just hitting on um, right
1: there. Yeah, and then um, the final one, of uh, this final implication of foreknowledge is that it's a realization that in this context, it would make little sense... For Peter, merely to say that God the Father knew Christ before the foundation of the world. Um, and rather, the immediately preceding context, with its emphasis on Christ's redeeming death, suggests that it is as a suffering Savior that God, quote unquote, foreknew or thought of the Son before the foundation of the world. Um, and these considerations combine to indicate that the foreknowledge was really an act of God in eternity past. Whereby he determined that his son would come as the savior of mankind.
0: Yeah, and and all of that 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 foreknowledge right there is going to lead us to. And I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna jump ahead here for a second. I'm gonna skip over to chapter three because we we have said that really kind of First Peter I think 4:19 is the central verse of of First Peter, but I think that First Peter three eighteen is also kind of this equally centralized verse um, that we can find in first Peter and 318 says for Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but a made alive in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm, sorry, I had the hiccups there. So made alive in the spirit. And, and if there was ever a verse that I could point to that says, this is kind of the summation of, the substitutionary atonement of Christ. This is the verse I would I would point to right here, um, and this comes on the heels of one of the most popular verses uh, as far as apologetics people are concerned, which is First Peter three fifteen. Um, and so, you know, when when we talk about Christ being foreknown, uh, you know, we can we can go back to John chapter one, and and we can point to the eternality of the Son. Uh, and we can say that all of this was known before the foundations of the world the plan of God was known before the foundations of the world it may have not been known to us but it was known to god mm-hmm. and and it, at the end of the day all that matters mm-hmm. is that it was known to God we're getting a continuation of this this play out of what God has already foreordained before the foundations of the world yeah and and to those of us who hold a very high view of the sovereignty of God what we're watching is all of this this play out and that's why you know we have continually on this podcast said regardless of what happens in the world we need to continue to proclaim and we need to continue to say to a lost and dying world that that this, none of this is catching God by surprise all right. of this is is exactly known by God and yeah. so uh, that gives us a hope that gives us a future. And that lets us know that God is working things for the good of those who are called according to his purpose is what Romans chapter eight tells us. Yeah. And so, you know, we can lean into that and we can rest in that. It, it doesn't make it easier in this world right now, but what it does do is it gives us hum- comfort and hope that the world to come is going to be a better place. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's a good word. So, yeah. Yeah. I would just, I would just point. I would just maybe add here that, you know, we've talked about a lot that we as humans have a finite understanding of the world around us,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's not, you know, it's not our responsibility to know every, in, every intricate. Yeah, in, uh, sorry, it's not our responsibility <laughs> to know every intricate detail of every single thing that ever has ever is or ever will be. Yeah. And I think once we as believers can get out of the way of having to know, you know, there's a lot of things that we get caught up on Mm -hmm. that, you know, either become, I don't want to say like barriers between believers. I'm talking about just, you know, we create all these barriers between believers um, that at the end of the day doesn't matter, you know yeah i and and God you know God is calling us to have faith in him and to live holy for him,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know if if all the secondary stuff starts getting in the way of that, then what are we doing, yeah, and so you know, as believers, it's not our responsibility to know every every single thing about every single thing, mm-hmm. it's our responsibility to. To trust God, to trust in God, to trust in Jesus, and to do our best to know Him more and more each day, and, yeah. and, and to and to get into a get to a place where we are loving Him, serving Him, serving others, and, and doing that with every ounce of our being. Yeah. And and once we do that, I think we'll see that you know the stuff that we as believers, like believers versus believers, can get uh, hot-headed about certain things and like we have to do it this way no we have to do it this way um once we get past all that i think we'd see that you know true and authentic faith can really happen
0: yeah amen to that so
1: i don't know if that i don't know if that related there but i felt like (laughs) i felt compelled to say it there because we were in we were in the neighborhood i thought i might as well stop by and see what's going on
0: (laughs) no that's good stuff that's good stuff Um, and that's a that's a great place to put a bow on the on this this section here of First Peter, and we're gonna we're gonna finish up the chapter next week. Um, but but man, Christian, if we can encourage you this week, uh, let, let's just encourage you to to not be dissuaded or dissuaged by the world around you, mm. but be holy because God is holy. Yeah, you know, live different because God is different. Um, you know, represent Christ to the world around you. That's what these verses uh, are calling us to do as Christians. And so I would encourage you in that. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and, yeah. And we'll, we'll pick up next week and we'll close out chapter one here. It's going to be yeah. a good close to chapter one, I promise. Yeah. Um, but, Michael, if, uh, if people want to get a hold of us on social media, where would they get a hold of us?
1: You can find the Beers and Bible podcast on Instagram by searching, uh, we're there at Beers and Bible P1. No, Beers and Bible That's underscore. Twitter. I'm getting it all mixed <laughs> up. I'm sorry. Uh, we're on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore. We are on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Beers and Bible Podcast. And then you can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear if you have any con- questions or you know comments about what we've been discussing here, um, whether it's Habakkuk or First Peter or anything else that we've discussed in the – in, in the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any, uh, bigger suggestions, we'd love to hear those too. And, um, you know, we, we've got some ideas about some stuff, you know, we we're in the very preliminary stages of some stuff, so we're not, we're not wanting to share too much yet, but, um, we're hoping to be able to start sharing some exciting things for us in the next, you know, next few weeks and months. And, um, we look forward to keeping this going. It's, it's been fun for us to, um, to do this every week and, and to put this out there. And especially now that we've dropped all the, the, the barriers, so to speak, and, and can just be us. It, I, i really do feel a lot better about, um, about where we are. Not that I felt bad about where we were, but I I just feel like, um, we're just in a much better place now. So, um, I don't know if that's true, but that's how I feel. So, um, there you go but but yeah that that's what that's what we got going on so
0: sweet well uh if you want to get in touch you know where to get in touch with us and until next week we hope your beer stays cold we hope your bible stays open and uh we will see you later peace out